0: Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. And I just wanted to take a second here to thank all you wonderful people who are listening to our podcast on SoundCloud, for example, uh, and Stitcher and Podbean and Apple Podcast and all the other wonderful platforms that are out there. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our little podcast here. It means a lot to us. So keep listening. We super appreciate it. Email us anytime. If you have ideas for the show, uh, somebody you may want to hear on the show, you think would be cool talking to, please, please fire us an email, ghostly talk, I'm sorry, contact at ghostlytalk.com. You can reach us all at that one-stop-shop email. Tonight, I had a really, really fun conversation uh, with a uh, neighbor, Brad was back here again. He was here recently. Uh, it's my beautiful, wonderful neighbor. And he introduced me to a friend of his, uh, last summer by the name of Addison. Who's a, who's a movie maker. He's uh one of the movie people. They make movies, really cool movies, horror movies, which I thought was really cool for this time of the year. I know I've been spending a lot of time personally this year. I decided to take on the 31 days of Halloween challenge, which is watch a horror movie, uh, one horror movie a day for every day in the month of October. I got a late start on it. I started on the second day of October, but I made up for it and I've been going strong ever since then. And I've, I'm really happy I did that because I'm seeing some really, really cool movies that I probably would have not even batted an eye at if I had not challenged myself to watch a a new, to me at least, I guess, I guess the rule is you can watch any horror movie. So maybe it's something you've already seen, but, To me, I wanted to watch a horror movie I hadn't seen. So all the movies I'm watching uh, for this October in 2019, uh, they're horror movies that I have not seen as far as the ones I feature. And I'm having a ride with that. Seen some really good stuff like The Endless, um, which was, you know, is an absolutely fantastic movie. The the Autopsy of Jane Doe, which was a big hit, apparently. I mean, on the streaming services, people seem to really... Really love this movie, and it was one that just flew under my radar, and I watched it a couple nights ago, and I was like, wow, this is a really crazy flick. So I'm being introduced to some really, really great stuff, and I was introduced to some, to some more really, really amazing stuff tonight by talking to Addison Binnick, who is neighbor Brad's friend, uh, who works, he actually does a project called Tromasterpiece Theater, which is a spinoff on Troma Films. And I'm sure a lot of you guys out there know who Troma Films are. They've been around for over four decades now uh, with Lloyd Kaufman at the helm. And we got to learn a lot about cool stuff like that tonight with Addison, amongst a lot of other great stuff when it comes to horror. And guys, enjoy. Enjoy. brad's back in the house tonight thank you neighbor for neighbor brad thank you neighbor
1: thanks for joining rogers no thank you for having me
0: and that was like last summer i'm sorry to the listening audience here that's listening to this you might hear me kind of talking like like eddie vedder like eddie vedder sings with his mouth closed i'm eating some almonds here i gotta get my almonds in for the day it's my macros i gotta do this stuff now it's terrible (laughs) um I think last summer we met Addison, I met Addison, Yep. who's sitting here also. Addison, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking some time to uh, hang out with us here tonight. Yeah, no problem. We met (laughs) last summer, and we had a nice chat. Yeah. We bumped into each other sporadically, and I've been wanting to get you down here to have a chat, and here we are. Oh, here we are, yeah. Welcome, as I said before. Thanks for pulling this together, Brad. No, thank you. Now, when we first met Addison, I mean, and... I don't want to turn this into like, you know, put you on the spot, make you answer all these crazy questions. We discussed that before the show here. Yeah. Uh, But you're a a movie maker. I am. Now, I guess, I mean, you know, the obvious question is just to go for, how'd you get started? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just start with that, right? Okay. (coughs) Well, I mean, I've
2: always wanted to make movies Mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to make movies because my dad had one of those like, you Know over the shoulder VHS camcorders that would be, yeah. you know, I grew up uh making my own shorts and you know, he would film home movies of the family, but then I would pour blood on a friend of mine or something and film some <clears throat> crappy horror film. Um,
1: yeah, what a lovely family video that would make! Yeah,
2: I wish those still, I mean, I don't have any of those tapes anymore, but that'd be kind of funny to look at because I'm sure like Steven would be in those videos,
0: sure. Well, it's interesting to see how, um, you know, <clears throat> that's why I mean. It's always an obvious question, but it's always a very interesting question because it's always interesting to hear where people kind of get their inspiration from. And I think I think that right there is one of those things like, you know, you see that it impresses something on you and you're kind of putting your spit on it even at that early of an age. Because uh, I know a lot of stuff you do around is obviously around horror. It's why you're here. Yeah, definitely. So cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, that's I,
2: okay. Yeah. No no it's just I've always been attracted to horror films and comedy and uh I don't know it um movies like Blair Witch made it seem easy that something that you could do on your own for no money mm-hmm. and uh you know i was always a fan of like Friday the 13th and stuff and I've always wanted to make slasher movies yeah um but then like throughout high school uh you know Brad and myself and a group of friends we would just Make dumb short videos that, you know, like they're on YouTube, not the proudest of them or anything, but they were stepping stones to, you know, whatever. And, um, I mean, eventually I went to film school about 10 years ago now, and I got a degree in, uh, directing and took a screenwriting course and some production stuff. Uh and then ever since then I mean I've I've continued just making shorts and stuff like that and mm-hmm. uh various YouTube shows and currently shooting two projects.
0: Oh yeah. So two projects going on right now? So.
2: Yeah, I've got um Masterpiece Theater which is it's my take on Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is my favorite show.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this one before. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. This is super interesting. Go ahead.
2: Um I discovered Mystery Science Theater when I was a kid. Uh, It was on a sci fi channel back in the late 90s. I think I caught like the telltale end of it, like Mm -hmm. very last season. Um, Some of the episodes were like Squirm and Boggy Creek 2. But I didn't know what the show was called. All I knew was that it had like the people at the bottom of the screen Um, making smart ass comments. Yeah. And it was funny. Yeah. But, you know, this is late 90s and, you know, there's no info button on your cable box or anything you didn't know what you couldn't just click info to see what it was you
0: had to grab this 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 tome (laughs) yeah it was on the coffee table usually (laughs) and you'd have to i mean even then trying to figure that out that was a nightmare now you you had had to figure out
2: what time you had been watching if they remember what time were you watching it? it was all logistics and what channel was it yeah you have to find it it's a nightmare and all that work i for years did not know what that show was called yeah all i remembered was it was the show where the people at the bottom the people talk at the bottom of the screen (laughs) <laughs> uh so years and years went by. I didn't I couldn't find it again. But eventually I found a box set at a Best Buy and I was like, this is that show. So I bought the box set and I got addicted and I've been collecting the box sets for about ten years now and I have almost all
1: of them. Yeah. Um Yeah, his collection of mystery science theater movies is pretty insane. There's
2: like forty five box sets or something, and there's like four episodes in a box set. Some have more than others. Yeah. But um so it's my favorite show. I've always kind of wanted to do my own version of that. Um I started my own YouTube channel about 10 years ago as well because I wanted to try to do something similar to Mystery Science Theater and I did my own show called the Movies to Watch on a Rainy Afternoon. That's kind of where my like riffing started because yeah. now is that's is that
0: the name of your YouTube channel?
2: No, uh it's called Jab Products, J A B Products. I made it with a, a roommate of mine at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like acronyms for our initials, but right. um, yeah. Uh, I, at the time, my YouTube account you couldn't upload videos longer than 15
0: minutes. So I I, I remember those days. Yeah. Was, now now like film rise like you I can I, do two and a half hours. Film rise is putting yep. movies up there. All the like they, they put up all of like well, I mean I. Not to not to take us into the weeds, but. They put all the forensic files up there, which is, like, one of my, like, guilty pleasures. Oh, yeah. Now right they're, they're putting up, like, two-hour specials on there now. Mm-hmm. It's insane. You can watch like, full movies now. Yeah, you can watch everything on there. It's crazy. Back- yeah, back in there was, like, ten minutes when it first started. Yeah. Ten minutes was, like, top. You couldn't do that. And, it was, and I think they would even, like, bring down the resolution the longer the mm-hmm. video was, oh, too. Yeah. So the the, long, the longer it was, the grainier it was going to be.
2: And the, the buffering and the the lagging. And sometimes you just clicked it off out of just frustration because you couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. unwatchable. Correct. But I I always want to do my own version of mystery science theater, but I didn't know how to do a full-length riff, how to release it or what to do with it because if YouTube only allowed 15-minute videos, then that was my time constraint. I had 15 minutes. Yeah. So I decided just to do film reviews. And so um my first batch of rainy afternoon episodes were um, you know, anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes long, and it was just I would watch the movie, you know, write some jokes and cut together uh, a review of that film. And the, the, it was the best of the worst clips from that movie with commentary over it. Uh, and I did that for a while. But then like YouTube started to let up. Now I could post like 20 minute videos, half hour videos. Mm-hmm. And so sort of like the litmus test to see like how long, like how, what's the longest video I can post on here. And I riffed an entire movie. But that was because I met Lloyd Kaufman three years ago at a horror convention in Novi. Now, those of you don't who know who Lloyd Kaufman is well, you're gonna learn. I know who he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the yeah the president of Trauma Entertainment. You know, yeah. deck director and creator of Toxic Avenger.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's go. If we don't, you don't mind. I know you're an expert yeah. on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trauma Films, mm-hmm. uh, Trauma Productions. A little bit of backstory on that because this is super cool. I mean, I mean, a little bit if you if you don't mind. Oh, well, as far as trauma is concerned, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, trauma—they've been around
2: since the '70s. Yeah. They started out making sort of gross-out slapstick uh, sex comedies, and eventually, uh, the the market became oversaturated with those because of like movies like Porky's and uh, like Revenge of the Nerds, Screwballs. Yep. So they had to find a different outlet for themselves, a different hook, and eventually, they started making gross-out slapstick horror comedies like the toxic Avenger that were over the top and disgusting people's getting their eyeballs poked out and people getting their heads crushed and a whole legacy was born from there. There's Mm -hmm. four of those now tons of other movies. I mean, there's hundreds of movies in their library because they also distribute films. They buy and release Movies by other independent filmmakers.
0: Cool. Yeah. I think maybe a handful of people in the audience, they may not even know who this is. And I, I, I want them to because that's an, they're, I think right. it's one of the more important movie houses in history. in my. They're opinion, the longest running independent.
2: independent. Yeah. They've been around for 40 some years now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the other little guys have been sort of either bought up or, you know, just fizzled out because they couldn't keep up with, you know, there's no video stores anymore. Mm-hmm. So everything's got to yeah. be streamed. Uh, so, they, I mean, they have their own streaming services. They try to keep up with the times. They're mm-hmm. still around. They're still kicking. They're still making movies. Lloyd Kaufman's still making movies.
0: Yeah. So you met Lloyd.
2: Yeah, I met Lloyd, and I had this idea for you know, a mystery science theater with Troma Films, calling it Troma Masterpiece Theater. Mm-hmm. And I waited in line to get his autograph. <laughs> and at the end of the <laughs> autograph, I, I pitched him the whole concept. And he yeah. was like, here's my email. Email me the pitch, and I'll get back to you. So I went home and did that, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it didn't take very long to hear back from him. He gave me his phone number in the email, so I called him. Oh, that's cool. I got to, you know, because you you call the Troma building first, and he gave me his extension. So then I reached his desk, and uh, I I had to leave a message, but then he called me back like two hours later, And it was just so cool to see on my cell phone, like, come, you know, Troma Entertainment, like, because I already saved the number in my cell phone. So all of a sudden, Troma (laughs) Entertainment is calling me. So I answered, and it was Lloyd. And uh, my voice cracked a little on the phone, because I was talking to, you know, one of my heroes again. Mm -hmm. This time on the phone, one-on-one, without a crowd of, you know, autograph seekers. It was just the two of us. Yeah. But I, again, pitched him the idea. And he said that I could do Masterpiece Theater. Um... With a movie of his choice, which is his first movie that he ever made, called "The Battle of Love's Return," he made it in 1971 when he was 25 years old, and it is very bad. Oh, it's very, very, very bad. Yeah, I don't, so, even, well, I don't even. That's know what I, I want to ask because yeah.
0: knowing Mystery Science Theater, <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. knowing what the formula is and what they do, I, I was start, I'm starting I'm starting to spin up here, going, okay, so you're taking, I mean, at least this film so far, right? right. Uh, from a guy that you it's your hero and you're gonna you're gonna well you said like you said, you're gonna riff on it basically.
2: Right. He uh I mean
0: is he I mean, was he cool with that?
2: Yeah. He the reason he picked that movie is because he knew it was bad. He's, he's fucking first. embarrassed of it. That's yes, he's <laughs> very embarrassed. He's the first person to admit that it sucks. Yeah. It's never officially been released on D V D. You can only see it on D well, it doesn't have its own solo DVD release. But yeah, you can yeah, see it yeah. as a bonus feature. And there's a make your own damn movie box set. It's got like four discs, and it's a compilation of interviews with people like <clears throat> Trey Parker, Peter Jackson, um Matt Stone, <laughs> uh Wes Craven, George Romero, and like another disc is just making of Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4, and Terror Firmer, and another disc is just Lloyd showing up to film shoots. And shooting behind the scenes. So it's like a nice little four discs of, you know, fly on the wall, how to make a film. Yeah. And yeah. one of the bonus features on there is make is Battle of Love's Return. Um, oh, wow. So he did, he did press it. It is pressed, but yeah. it's a bonus feature. That's yeah. the only way you can really see it. Okay. Um, it's never gotten its own solo DVD release. However, it did exist on VHS very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, which I have a copy. After I did Masterpiece, I sought out a copy of *Battle of, of Return* on VHS. Yeah, and I happened to find one on um, eBay, still sealed, for eleven bucks.
0: Oh, dude!
2: Yeah. So. What you love when that happens? It's your favorite
0: shit in the world, and you and you get it for dirt cheap. Like yeah, that. I
2: mean it's yeah. not even my favorite. It's just meaningful to me, just well, yes, because yeah. it's like. It's the well, here's the movie that you know I riffed and I've seen like thirty times by now and. You know, jump started this thing that I'm I was doing. I say, I
0: mean, a lot of people, a lot of great artists. They, you know, they're not masters when they start. No one right. usually is. There's few people that start with a, <clears throat> on a craft or something where you know they really knock it out of the ballpark first time around. Yeah. I mean, and that's you know, and I love. The, that's why I don't. That's why I love hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because um, I, I hear this line so many times, where it's like, you know, well, I like their earlier work better. You know, that's like a tip to me, a hilarious hipster line. Yeah the, yeah, the the call of a hipster is is like, I like their earlier, and albums, then they sold out, and then they sold out, and it's like,
2: no, no, they no, just grew.
0: I, well, I mean, maybe their maybe their earlier movies were pretty good. Yeah, but it's okay to say that the newer stuff that they have. Even if they're even if they're you know, they have more money now, they have more you know, they have more production behind whatever they're doing, it's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably better yeah. in terms of production. Yeah. At the very least. And maybe maybe they become a better writer. But I think, you know, any artist, any great artist, including Lloyd, yeah, they had to start somewhere.
2: Yeah, like for me, I mean, I've been a lifelong fan of Troma and yeah. you know, Lloyd. But I mean I'm not a huge fan of his stuff before the toxic Avenger. Like his okay. sex, his sex comedies. And like, they're funny, but oh, fucking squeeze play. Uh, squeeze Fuck play is not so bad movie, good. but <laughs> the first turn on oh. is, is probably the best of the, cause he has four. There's, yeah. There's yeah. squeeze play first. then I think waitress, um, stuck on you and the first turn on and like stuck on you and the first turn on are probably the two best of those, but they're still, they're not, they don't have that, that, trauma like i don't know they just don't the 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 sex and violence is what makes a trauma film like to me yeah so these are just like sex comedies like there's boobs and stuff like that and there's jokes and gags it's like airplane kind of but with or like uh, like a like a mel brooks movie but with like you know booger jokes and fart jokes and like boobs but uh, typically lowbrow, very lowbrow. Yeah. But when the, the, the like the head crushings come into play and the arm rippings and Toxic Avenger, that to me is when trauma became trauma. Yeah, Wait. like
1: go ahead. Go ahead. You, we were you know talking about Mystery Science Theater and everything and your first work yeah. and how his wasn't that good, but you know on Mystery Science Theater, I mean I'm I'm not anywhere near a pro like Addison, and I'm I'm sure you've seen a bunch, Scott, but oh, I've yeah. seen some, yeah. and some are good. Mm-hmm. And some, no matter how funny the riffs are, the movie's just so bad that it ruins the experience. Really? I I think, I, I
2: mean... Can... Yeah, there's a handful of episodes that I can't watch either. And I'm a hardcore Mystery Science Theater fan. But no matter how hard they tried, they they couldn't save those films. I think it's also a matter of taste. Because, I mean, no matter how shitty like a monster movie is, I'd yeah. watch the hell out of a shitty monster movie... Over some bad like spy like espionage thriller that's like boring.
0: And you ever confusing. See, You ever see any bad gangster films? Oh yeah, that's like the shittiest grade of yeah, yeah, film yeah. I've Because like, you know you we've all seen the greats like you know the Goodfellas <clears throat> and the yeah, Casino and the, the Godfather of course. I mean you know there's a there's a whole list of those that are masterfully produced yeah. with some of the best actors of all time starring in these films, and I've went. Because I bought this hilarious box set. It was, like, dirt cheap. And they had Joe Pesci on the cover. Okay. And the only reason that Joe Pesci... There was, like, 12 gangster films in this little box set. And the only... You know, they put Joe Pesci on. I'm like, well, this is... And they say, you know, old films by jo- that Joe Pesci were in he was- when he was very young, right? He's probably
2: but in it for, like, a second. He was
0: in one movie, like, one of the movies for about 12 seconds. He was a bartender. Yeah. Of and they and they of course they did that and they hey they got me hook line and sinker I I spent the eleven yeah. bucks or whatever on that thing and and but I I ended up watching them and I'm like God these are bad these are really have bad. you ever heard of uh, bad westerns I mean bad westerns oh, yeah. are hard I mean because you know I could actually sit through I've seen bad western shitty western like really bad westerns. I
2: don't really it's I love I just I love westerns so, so much too that no matter how bad the film is I could still sit through that but when it comes to like like bad James Bond rip-offs or movie. That's hard to pull off. Yeah. I think. Well, they're just they're just you don't have the budget for it, you don't have the talent on camera or yeah. behind the camera. And they just they're really boring, you know? They well, just yeah. they they go nowhere and they're really confusing because the screenplay sucks. So, when you're even watching like that Rift and when it's when the movie is even hard to follow and you can't understand any of it, yeah. then the the riffing is kind of lost. Because it's like, what are you even riffing? I mean, I can't even follow this movie, you know? And I'm, I'm not about to watch this seven times. Because we watched Battle of Love's Return seven times before yeah. we started riffing on it. Um, so I can only imagine that they must have done the same thing. Um, and they were still lost. And they were probably still just as confused. But, yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I've, I've done 119 episodes of movies to watch on a rainy afternoon. And, yeah, there's some there's some bad ones in there. And we, we did the best that we could. See...
0: When I was reviewing movies, I I stopped doing that a while back, Um, I came into that because I was given a pile of what they would say, I mean, bad movies. Right. And I came into that with this intention of, okay, I'm going to be all love and light here. I'm going to probably watch some real stinkers here, but I'm going to still respect the fact that someone took the time. To do this thing, right, keep right? an open mind. You keep, can't. You know. so that, 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 there's the, no dude, way. Dude, there was a couple that yeah. I'm like, I mean, this one I watched, it blew my mind because halfway through the female star, they just changed the person. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and I ended up reading on it. And I'm like, I got to know because all of a sudden out of nowhere- we go from a blonde to a redhead. They look the, who's like a foot and a half shorter than the. That's funny. And I'm like, what the hell happened?
1: We yeah. just watched uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so Bella Lugosi's in that movie for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The first played, five minutes. Yeah. yeah, and then he dies. And he plays a vampire, but yeah, he died in real life. And then the, there's another guy that took his place, and the whole time he's just got the cape over his face, so you can't tell. But, but they, it's they, but obviously they made not that, him. He's skinnier and taller. But at least he has they, more hair. At
0: least they made an effort to make it work, though. Yeah, like,
2: they, they try to conceal his face the best they could. And you know
0: what? In, in fairness, like the one I, like the example I was just talking about, I mean, to be fair, and I think I even put this <clears> in my <throat> review, I'm like, look, I understand you probably put had thousands sunk into this thing already. And the reason was, just in case you wondered, yeah. the girl got pregnant.
2: Okay. She got sense.
0: pregnant yeah. right in the middle of fucking production, and... They couldn't, she couldn't work. You've already
2: shot so much footage and you've already, you know, yeah, that would be a waste of money to
0: reshoot everything. We're going to reshoot the whole film from the beginning now. Yeah. And I mean, I get that. That's that's sucky. I'm sorry, but to have to watch that, I'm like, okay, this is one I can't be all love and light on. I got to shred this thing, man. This is ridiculous, dude.
2: It's, you know, hard to believe they couldn't find someone that at least looked similar. Well, yeah. At the very least, or at least maybe like. You know, come up with a clever way, like, oh, that character maybe gets killed off and replaced by someone else.
0: Oh, you, you think you could write? Yeah, do, do you something can with write a
2: something? Yeah, you could work around it. I mean, I mean it might it's gonna not come be... off
0: hokey, regardless, but I mean, at least yeah. it'll be like,
1: well, okay, they they put some effort. They into tried, it. you yeah. know,
2: at the very least, instead of just recasting
1: and expecting you to believe it's the same person. Yeah, exactly. So, on on the topic of bad movies, um, <laughs> so I, I used, to, I mean, like I liked movies, but I wasn't like a huge movie fan. And he got me turned on to all these shitty movies. I mean, that, that's what movies to watch on a rainy afternoon is. that None of these movies are movies to watch. They're all generally movies to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. There's some that are, you know, okay. but Some are better than others, but most of them suck. But he got me hooked on it. And now I'm, you know, I, I buy movies from all Vinegar right. Syndrome, yeah. Severin, uh, Diabolic. You know, there's this whole realm of movies that I, I didn't know existed. You know, he's yeah. he just...
0: Well that's an interesting thing to ask to well Addison. Hmm. I mean what and I know this is very subjective, right? Yeah. But I guess to you I'm curious what constitutes a shitty movie. Like I I'm wondering what your earmarks are. That I mean I'm not saying that you have some rating scaling system yeah, that's yeah. down to decimal points and stuff, but like when I I know when I watch a movie I have like my my earmarks. I'm wondering what yours are. Uh, well, I mean, there's, like, shitty
2: movies that are also, like, they're bad enough to, like, watch and riff with friends and stuff like that, you know? And, I don't know, that would be, like, some of the stuff that we have done for movies to watch on a rainy afternoon that are kind of funny, you know, despite being bad. But to me, like, when a movie is, like, unwatchable and sucks and you can't, uh, you just can't take it, is when they're boring. Like to me, yeah. Boor- like a boring horror film is basically can go fuck itself. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> fucking bore me. But, you know, kill somebody, y- throw some blood around, yeah. do something. But shots of the people wandering through the woods, forget it. We've seen that a million times. You know, yeah, you're right. Um, just like and you, you always hear the same dialogue over and over and over again. Uh, I don't know. Like, to just when there's nothing going on. Like just recently, I picked up this movie called Killer Crocodile. Okay, Killer Crocodile. I mean, yeah, there should be just carnage everywhere. The first you half. Killer crocod- Crocodiles it, do. The first. It's an Italian-made uh, hor- action horror film from yeah. 1989. The first half hour is not so bad. It's just like a, your typical Italian Jaws ripoff. Um, you know, there's some cool kills yeah. in there. The crocodile. It's phony enough to be like funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then like for a solid 40 minutes nothing fucking happens yeah so it's like where'd the crocodile go like what are you doing like why would you shoot any of this just people talking and stuff like oh there's toxic waste in the you know the river and it's like i don't give a shit get that <laughs> crocodile back here yeah yeah it's way more interesting <laughs> than you guys are yeah you know just supposed to be this group of teens college yeah. kids who are trying to save the river it's like i don't care man the crocodile was chewing off people's arms before like let's get more of that in here and then the half hour picks back up again so basically it's like it's an hour worth like an hour of the movie is worth watching but then like a half hour 40 minutes of it
0: just can get cut right out just don't bore me right well yeah i think and i think you know we're getting films now even with the horror genre that are a bit bloated for my taste now now there's a lot of exceptions to that uh you know, And I like an epic film better than anybody. I like a movie with, with some depth so that takes some time to watch that is a challenge for the person taking it in. Mm-hmm. I want to be challenged to a certain degree.
2: One of my favorite movies of all time isn't even a horror film. It's The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. It's a brilliant movie because it's so it's, ungodly
0: complex, too. It's like the three story. hours long. Yeah. I
2: could sit there and just watch it.
0: Yeah, I, and I—it's and one of my favorites. It's up there for me, like one of my favorites. Yeah. But and that—I mean, when you're talking, we were talking about westerns a I minute mean, ago. That's one of the things that I—I I keep. T- I always tell people about <laughs> westerns, you know, good westerns at least. Um, was I—I say when I was younger, I just wanted to see the gunfights, right? right? And, and the older I got, I got to a point where now I—I I, I really want to understand why there's a gunfight going on. Well, the right? com-
2: yeah, the complexities of like
0: you know Clint Eastwood's. The man with no name and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's all, all it's films. all good stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, but that's that those films to me. I keep saying to people because I watched them when I was younger, and I'm like, okay, it's just a bunch of people running around the desert and shit and doing whatever, getting chased around, going nuts. And there's some comedy. So, there's like, a like, some bit, people might like find that boring. But yeah, but I, I don't. It's, no, there's a little bit of comedy and there there's some funny. Yeah, little bit and, uh, enough to make well, you. Tuko win.
2: obviously yeah. is like the funniest. Yeah, the guy's
0: the guy's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the comedy, like in The Good, ba- the Bad, and the Ugly, mm-hmm. it was just enough. It wasn't too much to make it corny. It no, was, it
2: wasn't overtly or anything. It was just, it was there because of the chemistry of the characters and stuff fucking each other over, and that's what made it funny.
0: Yeah, so I mean, that was that was my big thing, though. But I mean, if you really get into, like, the, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, that plot is, I mean, and there's also, well, if, uh, for a few dollars more, that's yep. the one that's, that, that's immensely complex. Or if yeah. fist- is it fistful of dollars. Fistful of yeah, dollars. There's yep. a couple of them there. Those like those three are. I'm, they're all well, incredible. Yeah, were, it's a solid trilogy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they all to me have some pretty complex plots. That's just one thing I I was thinking of when you mentioned you mentioned westerns. And yeah, I can just watch those too.
1: Well, and, and newer something I think all three of us will agree on is Ari Aster. Okay, so I was just oh, thinking yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I just I, I did the pre order on the the midsummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you I, seen it yet? Fuck yeah, dude.
1: saw it are all in the theater. We're all big fans of yeah, he both hereditary. hereditary and midsummer. Yeah, we had a
0: drunken yeah. conversation about that yep. one night on the porch.
2: <laughs> I um I, I saw I saw Midsummer in theaters three times. Yeah. I saw I saw it <clears throat> once with a different friend of ours, and then I saw yeah. it with Brad and our friend Steven. Then I saw the director's cut by myself. Um, you know, the director's cut was almost three hours long.
0: You know, I don't now they released it with it's on like Apple TV. You know? That's the director's cut.
1: And they mm-hmm. claim that it's going to be exclusive to yeah, Apple TV. The, oh, it's a crock of shit. The, well, bl-
0: the Blu ray
2: coming out is just the theatrical. That's the theatrical. That's what I have. I have the Blu ray
1: DVD box. There's a Region B version that has the director's cut. In all cut honesty, on it. though, I mean,
2: having seen the theatrical cut twice and then seeing the director's cut, you're fine with
0: the. It's the same. It's probably just you know, longer scenes. It's it's, a there's, longer here, there there are there.
2: additional um, sort of. Uh, like sacrifice scenes but there's they're not in the same league as like the cliff jumping and Dude. you know yeah. stuff like that it's yeah. it's like it's it's interesting to see but
0: it's not important see this is like an, an ariostra i i keep saying this about i'm like this guy's the future he to me he's one he's the, he's one of them directors yeah that's gonna be there and he's done two films that are have been completely off now he, um, you know what and in fair, he may do a stinker down the day he never know people well, do that sometimes i mean i'm gonna say he's like you know second coming of christ here but <laughs> well he's uh, got that one two punch where it's like
2: dude not only was your second film so good i mean it's in my opinion better than his first people I mean, but that's it's, it that's apples and oranges it it's really like, is. It's, it's like, like your first moves. movie is like a, you know, Rosemary's Baby or, uh, you know, just a, 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 ghost, a haunted ghost movie. Yeah. That might not be people's cup of tea, and they might like the cult pagan aspect of Midsommar more.
1: Yeah. Like, I did. But it's it's interesting But Hereditary is still
0: damn good. Oh, I'm, People
1: good. either love his movies or hate his movies. It seems like there's no in between.
0: Well, yeah, and the reason is, too... Well, I mean, there's Wicker Man comparisons with Midsummer now. It's
2: definitely right? in the same vein. Yeah, but I mean,
0: I think it's got its own flavor. It's I got think its because own that thing.
2: sort of subgenre is so small anyway, it's easy to compare. It's it's okay. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, this this compares right with that because there's so little to compare it to.
0: Yeah, you know, rather than. Every other subgenre out there. Now, and that's what made me think about that is that we do have people like Ari Oster doing longer films like this. And you know what? Let's, I mean, and this is what I think makes Midsummer turn this into an Ari Ari Oster worship session here. But (laughs) um, I mean, this is what makes that movie so damn terrifying, though, is that, I mean, it's totally in the daytime. We never see any night shots because. There is yeah. no nighttime there at that time. Right. That's what kind of makes the whole... There is,
2: th- in the director's cut, one nighttime scene.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Far out. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's another um, sort of nighttime... I mean, you get nighttime in, when they're in the States, but
2: not
1: right. when they get out into the Sure, suite. sure, sure. Yeah, right. yeah. There's another... Uh, yeah, because that's mentioned in the film. Yeah. It's midnight. It's still light out. Sacri- still light there's
2: out. like a, a, a sacrifice scene that's at night and um, it is kind of cool, I will say, that I did like that scene. Yeah. But it doesn't have any effect. It doesn't have, like, a ripple effect to the rest of the movie. So I could see why it got cut. Yeah. It's just interesting to watch.
0: Well, I mean, but I was saying, like, a lot of people, yeah, they're, I mean, at least with Midsummer, I mentioned the Wicker Man thing. And then there is this other side where, because I like the fat trim, too. I do. There's some movies, I think, that should just get to the damn point. Right. But, you know, I don't, I mean, watching Hereditary a gazillion times now and and just loving that slow burn and how it led me into like that last 20 minutes of the film where I literally felt like I was taken somewhere else. I mean, that's one of the few times I've ever watched a movie in a theater where Amber and I are sitting there and I'm like, I felt transcended to a certain degree. Like I am in this scene with these people and I'm scared to death right now. What in the hell is going to happen? So coming. And that movie was not short. It <laughs> no. was, it was uh, over two hours. Yeah. I mean to me, I mean, ninety minutes is, you know, that's the the typical thing. Ninety minutes mo- you know, and you don't see a lot of films that are doing that rule. A lot of films are getting longer and longer now, it seems yeah. like. I mean, across yeah. all the genres too. Yeah. Um
2: yeah. just like just talking about like horror films, yeah, and like yeah. length and stuff like that. The other project that I'm working on yeah. is called Psycho Ape. And it's a, yeah, a, a yeah. killer gorilla movie. Um <laughs> Are we, we made a point? We've decided that we're only going to make it 75 minutes long, right. because it's a uh, you know a movie we made for like less than ten thousand bucks. You know, probably like five thousand, six thousand dollars, paying mainly just the actors and then gore effects and stuff like that, and yeah, um, props and things. But it's a very cheap movie that we're shooting on VHS tape, mini DV. So we don't want to overstay our welcome in this cheap. You know, yeah, killer gorilla film. So we think that seventy-five minutes is appropriate.
0: Well, when I'm flipping through on the streaming services, I tend to gravitate more towards the shorter films. Sure, it's a lesser investment of time, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a completist. I can't sit down and watch a movie for ten minutes and say, "Oh, this movie sucks." I'm going to watch something else. I just, I once I start the journey. I have to finish it no matter how bad it is, right? Uh, I've jump shipped on a couple things before. I I don't remember ever doing that. I got to finish the movie. I just got to see. It depends, I think. Which, I mean, maybe. If I bought the Blu ray of it, then
2: yeah, I usually stick it out or I hit the fast forward button and I watch it on two times speed. (laughs) 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 Uh, I put the subtitles on and then I'll just read the subtitles. through it and crank through the movie. I do that a lot. You just
1: did that with a movie recently, didn't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I'm a fan of he's a Spanish director made a lot of movies named uh, Jess Franco and he's got like 200 uh, films and they're mainly like sex exploitation horror and they're he made you know like 200 movies in his career from like the the 60s crap, until he passed away about Holy seven God. or eight years
0: ago That's a lot of
2: movies well yeah and like only I've seen about 40 of them now. And I'd say maybe two or three are good.
0: (laughs) You know? So yeah, it's Um, quantity over quality.
2: Yeah, it's quantity over quality for sure. But you are promised copious amounts of nudity. um, Although it'll just be like really shitty shots of like the camera is like it's one take where it's like zooming in on a girl's face as she's like touching herself. The camera zooms out, goes to her boobs, zooms out, goes to her bush, and it just lingers (laughs) on her like, un, a, an unfocused shot of a woman's bush. And it's yeah. just like, dude, this is not good filmmaking. No. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, hating that I'm watching this because it's funny and entertaining. Yeah. But it's, like, it's terrible. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm addicted to that. So I've made it a point to try and see as many of Jess Frankel's movies as possible. And that yeah. 40 out of 200. And only two or three are even that good.
0: Oh my god,
2: man. Um I mean it's it's become But yeah, I watch his movies on fast forward. I'll turn the subtitles yeah. on. It's no.
1: it's become like a you know, it's it's hard to find free time between the both of us, but Yeah. Yeah. You know, we loved having Vinegar Syndrome day where I'll go to his place or he'll come to my place. We'll get pizza and we'll just watch multiple Vinegar Syndrome movies. Okay. Um I you know, I it's there's something about just sitting there and just making fun of them. Like we saw uh what was that movie we saw in theaters together? and we were the only people there. Oh, Greta? Yeah, we saw Greta in the theater. Did you did you no, see that I movie? No, I haven't seen Greta. Not, no, no don't not Greta. don't go see it. Well, we were the only it's people pretty boring. we were the it's only boring. people in the theater. Yeah. And we just made fun of it the whole time. And it it was it was not a good movie, but it was like one of the most fun times I've had at a movie theater. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I find it so fun, but it just is. Well, and that's, you know, what goes
0: back, you know, you get a shit movie and you get the right people around for it, you can have a lot of fun with that. I mean, yep. that's obviously I prefer what you guys to watch
2: do. like the ter- like the bottom of the barrel with somebody else. That's that's
0: because you're not going to walk away with any real artistic intake, so you might as well yeah. have a partner there just to rip on it and, right. you know, and just kind of make a comedy. Re- I mean, I think that's great because I've done that. We've done that a million times with movies. Yeah. And that's terrible. traditionally what you do with movies. That's what watch we do, yeah. Afternoon. Usually yeah, for,
2: yeah. like for movies to watch in a rainy afternoon, Brad will come over and with my roommate, Stephen, we'll sit down and we'll just kick on some piece of junk. And I'll write jokes as we're watching the movie, and I'll write down the time (laughs) code and everything, and I just turn it into an episode of the show. Sometimes I don't though, like if it's just like a movie that you know we're just gonna watch it, you know, for quote unquote fun, and uh, you know, it'll be an endurance test. Like uh, we watched a movie called Chaos a couple weeks ago, and I had already seen it before, so I knew how bad it was, and it's basically just a ripoff of Last House on the
0: Left. Chaos.
2: Yeah, it came out in two thousand five, and I couldn't. I, I'm one of the. Go ahead, I'm. I don't uh, written and directed by David DeFalco, I think, and yeah, it, it was. It got notoriety because Roger Ebert gave it a zero out of four because <laughs> um, it
1: had no like redeeming value yeah. to him. Yeah, and it really doesn't. I mean, it's just a
2: ripoff of Last House on the Left.
1: And I, I think at that time it was like one of two movies to have ever gotten a zero. No, no, that's not true. He's given plenty of movies a zero. I thought it was at that time, but okay, maybe I was wrong. No,
2: I mean, he he gave, like, Pink Flamingos a zero, Caligula, Freddy Got Fingered. Um, Yeah. But uh, with this particular film, it offended him so much, he gave it a zero, and he had a back and forth with the filmmaker and his producers and stuff, and so it got a lot of press because of Roger Ebert, like, dogging on it. And, uh, I mean, I hadn't seen it since it came out in 2005. For some reason, we were talking about it on the way to a, a convention we were going to. Yeah. So I wanted to order it to revisit it. And um, Brad and I and my roommate, we sat through it. They had a tougher time than I did, probably just because I'd already seen it before. But they they truly hated it. And I I can't imagine watching it again. <laughs> like, I mean, I own it. It's in my collection. But I can't. See myself kicking it out the, the
1: movie itself wasn't like the worst movie I've ever seen, yeah, but the ending in that movie had to be tough it's, it's pretty worst ridiculous it's, it's
2: very unbelievable, but the thing that makes the movie at least have some merit at least a little bit is the the gore effects in the movie are really good, yeah, yeah. And they're they're pretty brutal they're pretty it's pretty nasty it's a it's a graphic film, but overall it's very derivative of Last house on the left it, it could be a carbon copy just
1: worse the the reason that it got brought up i the only reason i want to bring this up is because it's kind of funny but we were looking i was looking through dark force entertainment and i didn't know about chaos at the time and the guy that owns this company was literally talking shit to everybody on his page oh yeah if anyone was talking about like vinegar syndrome or another distribution company that's what dark force is they distribute they buy the rights to old films and they distribute them and the president
2: of that company is the director of right. Chaos. yep. And he gets a lot of shit online because he's just like this, I think he's a former wrestler or something, and he he thinks he's like this real tough guy who is like, you know, brutal, I'm hardcore, man. Like God, a bonus feature up. on the DVD from 2005 was him giving a uh, an interview about the film from inside of a morgue, and so he's surrounded by dead bodies and stuff, but he's wearing like a... Like a a chain necklace and stuff. He's supposed to be like yeah. this hard badass. Like I'm giving an interview from a from a fucking morgue, bro. Oh come on! And it's just like ah, this guy sucks. His movies suck.
0: And he and he and he gets online and fights with people. He fights with people. Yeah, that's because... like the earmark of a moron nowadays. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I mean, the whenever I look for and I you see this, um, you know, like a business reviews or so anything, right?
2: <laughs> well, he just. You know, he thinks that his company is the best, he's the best distributor, he puts out the bl- best Blu-rays. So literally when anyone says otherwise, like I like this company or you know, this company did a better release, he'll block them or delete them or he'll he, make some you know, video where he'll like you know, you, call people out and
1: he, he made a post on, on his Facebook. No, you're page. you like an
0: entire video is about somebody you don't like, dude. It's a waste of time. You think you'd be more busy if you own a business. So you know? he
1: he made a post on his Facebook page and said, if you say any other distribution company's names on this page, he literally wrote you down on a list, <laughs> and you couldn't get the new movie that was coming out.
2: Yeah, you were basically uh, put on. You were put on the list.
0: So Ooh. if he saw your Ooh. name
2: pop up. And like, if you try to order something from his company, you get refunded, so, and you can't get his product. That's, that's
0: perfectly fine. I'll pirate the shit out of it then, and you don't yeah, get yep. any money. That's the most ridiculous, hilarious it idea. It reminds I've
2: me ever of heard. like Comic Book Guy from The Simpsons. That's like
0: the most emotional reaction you can have. Like, there's no logic in that whatsoever. No, that's a person who's acting like a child and not thinking about the greater vision. Who doesn't like-
2: want to share? Like, there's a billion blu-ray companies you're just one of them yeah and i can't just say i like this other company or I, I i like this other person's release no he just has a temper tantrum and puts you on he blocks you but so yeah we were talking I about that artists. guy i, I remembered driving me nuts <laughs> uh, i remember that i had seen one of his films yeah. and i was like you know i remember it sucking and i remember it <laughs> oh you're, uh, you're in trouble addison yeah so i just uh i ordered it from his website you know i got it yeah so he didn't ban you for life well it's because i haven't he didn't know i was making fun of him yet oh okay. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah
0: the race of time addison won the race of time that's what all right dude.
2: if you know if he wants to block me from all future releases that's fine i got his one movie that he actually made the rest of his fil- the films in his catalog are just movies that he's distributing yeah i don't know if he's made another movie since chaos maybe like another one but it certainly didn't get the notoriety that that one did
0: Let's talk about trauma We let's go back to Traum Masterpiece Theater okay. because we kind of that's that we kind of went way off on that. Right. Um, so Lloyd allowed you to, ha- to use this one film, mm-hmm. correct?
2: Yeah, he said the stipulation was he was going to give the movie to me for free because uh, he wanted me to give. He basically just give him like a pilot, and if he liked it, they would release it. it like the stipulation was. If it was funny, then Troma would release it for me because they have a Troma streaming service called Troma Now, and it's basically their Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. You pay five bucks a month and you have access to hundreds of movies in their catalog. Yeah, yeah. And they were going to put it on there. Like, that was the deal Um, because I wouldn't have known how to distribute it myself at the time otherwise. So this is like 2016 was when I met them. And so, you know, it's like, okay, guys, we got the green light. We got to watch Battle of Love's Return. So we sat there and we watched it over and over and over and over and then eventually you know we shot it in front of a green screen with the puppets Jonathan Gogoleski our friend had he's he's passed since but uh he built the puppets for us he was the voice of Corny um and the, the show wouldn't exist without him just I I don't know how to build puppets or anything like that yeah. so he spent the summer of 2016 building a talking box of popcorn a talking reel of film and we went and sat in front of a green screen in my living room, and we shot it. You know, us watching Battle of Love's Return with our pre-written jokes, with the time codes and everything. Mm-hmm. And it cut to like a year later, a year of editing. Uh, we were done, and I, I sent it to Lloyd, and he liked it. And they put it on Troma now and their Troma YouTube page. um, And everything was good, you know? Yeah. I asked him, you know, well, what can we do next? And he said, he offered me... A list of other films. I can't remember what any of the other ones were, but *Poultrygeist* was the first one. On oh, the list. Jesus! So I last on *A Poultrygeist*, and I was like, "Well, I know it's a very popular movie. Yeah, it's also a good movie. You know, it's a musical and it's funny, and it's got all the yeah, elements. And it looks
0: good too. I mean, it's yeah. well
2: done. It's just hilarious. It has all of the elements in a trauma film you actually want. You know, like uh, *Battle of Love's Return* has no nudity, no gore. It's not very funny. It tries to be funny, but it just is." falls on his face and you know again Lloyd is the first to admit like this movie sucks he's not he's he doesn't care but um that's why it's not released on dvd or anything yeah because he knows there's no monetary value in it he said that well when i uh got that vhs tape um i met him again at another convention and i asked him if i could open up the vhs tape and have him sign it and he told me not to do that he told me do not open it because only 50 of those exist
0: Oh, wow, So I
2: have like one of fifty. I mean, according to him, I don't know if he's misremembering you know the yeah I, I i I would believe it though, just because like why would they make any more than fifty of that movie? Like, yeah, it's not a good film, but um, <laughs> yeah, so Poultry Geist was going to be the next one. it is the next one, but uh, you know, after watching that a couple times, we quickly realized like the writing riffs for this is a lot harder because the movie isn't musical it's has a faster pace. The jokes are funnier and it's gotten nudity and gore. So it was already like, you know, head and shoulders above Battle of Love's Return. But we powered three. We watched it about nine times. Yeah. And wrote all the jokes for that. So that's what we're working on right now. Um, It got stalled, unfortunately, because last September, our friend Jonathan, he passed away. Oh, no. Um, He was the voice of Corny. And I didn't want to move forward without him. I didn't think I could. Uh, and then I got really sick and I was sick for a long time. So I didn't think true masterpiece episode two would ever get made. I thought it was done and I was going to just let it go. But people kept asking me like, so, you know, where's more true masterpiece? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to recast. I'm going to have to, you know, retool this and think about what I want to do. So earlier this year, um, to sort of, it was a test to see how many people really want to see this, you know, cause you know, I started for masterpiece episode one in 2016, finished it and released it in 2017. Then with Lloyd's permission, I started selling DVDs at horror conventions in like March of 2018. Um, and the DVDs were selling really well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's got his, it's got its fan base, but it's, know, got, it's got a leg. It's, it's got legs. It's right. got a cult following. Yeah. So earlier this year, I was like, okay, you know, I'm really curious, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's a little costly to rent out the movie theater that we shoot in because we, we go to the main art theater that's right downtown where I and and uh, they let us in before opening and we get to, you know, mess around in there and film with the puppets and stuff, but it costs money to do that. Okay. Uh, the first time we went there in 2016 to shoot We went there three times and it cost 150 bucks each time. And you only get two hours. You get from 10 a.m. So you got to get
0: in there and get it done.
2: You you shoot from 10 a.m. till noon and it's 150 bucks each time. So I was like, okay, you know, it's pretty expensive. I don't really have, you know, that just lying around right now. So I did a Kickstarter for episode two. I wanted to see if I could raise funds to cover production cost and just to see how many people would like pre-order a DVD. And I put it on 45 days. I only asked for 500 bucks because I thought that would cover the cost of shooting. The, the theater. Yeah, yeah. Th- to, to cover the cost of shooting at the movie theater yeah, rent yeah, it out. Yeah, And in 45 days, that fucker brought in seven grand. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's uh, really showed, really proved to me how many people really wanted to see an episode. Well, two. It's, it's
0: good because a lot of those Kickstarter, I mean, I got to personally, I mean, mm-hmm. this is one of those situations where it's warranted. I mean, you know, it's, you're trying to do something here, and it's going to cost a bit more money. I think people are quick to jump the Kickstarter. I think people are a lot of people are quick to jump the Kickstarter for everything, right? It's like, yeah. no, no, pay for the goddamn thing. You can, you can, you can, you get the money to pay for it. Pay for it, right? Yeah, it's just um, that
2: you know I set it for five
0: hundred bucks. That's all I was asking for. Well, you, and you get, yeah, you get. And I people. made that within two hours. You know, well, yeah, <laughs> that, and that's and that well, that's a testament right there. Like you already said, yeah. um, a lot of people just start Kickstarters, and I think people see through them real quick too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it why you said like, first attempt We need a million dollars to do this thing, and you'll get a free Blu ray out of it if you give us a thousand dollars. Blah blah blah. I, I blah. made no. mine,
1: I thought really reasonable too, or it was like 10 bucks for a DVD. You that's know?
0: that's totally reasonable.
1: Um, yeah, it was like 10 bucks for a DVD, 20 bucks for the first and the second yeah, one. Yeah, you
2: get a combo deal, you get both
1: discs. That's reasonable for 20, yeah, 25 bucks for a shirt and a DVD. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was.
2: And then, but the big one was I did a hundred bucks as like get an executive producer credit on the thing. I thought I'd sell five, and I'm currently, I don't even
0: know the number anymore.
2: I mean, there's like 22 executive producers on that thing. That's awesome. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: No, and it's good to see that. I mean, people care about that. It's a project people care about, and that right there is the proof. I mean, totally, that's the proof. I mean, you don't really need to hear anything else. I think
2: the grand total was I had 201 backers, and at least 20 of them donated the 100 bucks for an executive producer,
1: so... Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, speaking of Tro Masterpiece, the new one, how mm-hmm. is the... I mean, I, I already know, but how is the uh, the filming of it going so far? Well, I mean, because I had
2: to decide, you know, Corny, the talking box of popcorn character puppet, he was a really popular character. Like, I could tell that once true Masterpiece kind of took off, that a lot of people were really drawn to Corny... Uh, because he's got kind of a funny voice and he's just, you know, he's a cool looking puppet. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't want to make a new character. I thought that that'd, that'd be lame to try to, you know, introduce a new character in episode two already. Yeah. When episode one has already existed for two years and people just know Corny. So uh-huh. um, I asked Brad if he would be the new Corny and he said yes. So we've been shooting with Brad as the new Corny. I think it's fine, you know a year ago, I may have been a little bit more hesitant to you know to do it as i you know just that because
0: scar was still pretty, it was fresh
2: it was it was new, yeah, you know it was, it was a but a lot of people talked to me over the last year, you know telling me like you know this stuff happens you know like with a c d c they got a new frontman and yeah, it was arguably you know the second half of their career is better than the first. Yeah, and a lot uh, of
0: things where people have they they passed mm -hmm. on and
1: yeah, it it happens all the time, you know.
2: Um, and even in Mystery Science Theater now, there's with the reboot and everything. There's different and like like there's a reboot that has two new seasons, and those are all a whole new cast compared to the characters and yeah, well, it's the same characters but it's different voice actors from the show twenty years ago. And then even when they go on the road to tour and do live shows, those are different voices too. So it's just kind of enough for me to be like, okay, so you know, let's let it roll. Let's just try it and yeah. see what happens. Yeah, um, it's not so fresh anymore. I'm willing to move forward because obviously, because I mean, I'm a, I have a lot of Facebook friends too, and those are people who were very aware of what I've been going through with the loss of my friend and yeah, yeah, uh, my own personal like health problems and stuff, but. Uh, they all came forward, and there was com- yeah, a community of, here's seven grand, go fucking make it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. And it's just like, okay,
0: all right, you've spoken. We were we were talking earlier um, about Psycho Ape mm-hmm. also. Now, that's still being worked on, am I correct?
2: Yeah, both projects are still being shot. Um, the hardest part for Tremasterpiece was, first it was the acceptance of um, changing the actor, changing the voice. That was the first sort of big hurdle. The second was, you know, it's me, Brad, my roommate, Steven, who's doing the puppeteering of really when we shoot the green screen stuff and my cameraman, Cody. So it's all four of us. And I'm sure as you would know, being in a band, it's really hard to get four people together at the same time to do stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. No. No. It's, um, no, it's it's a, it's a challenge all the time
2: so I compare it I've never been in a band but I kind of compare it to being in a band where it's, like, it's the same thing we have There's to no get difference. together we have to rehearse yeah. we have we have jokes that we have to rehearse that we then have to it's no shoot different. we There's have to coordinate to you guys yeah. have puppets I don't yeah. but you guys have to learn how to read your lines read your jokes while puppeteering so that's yeah. even harder yeah. for them but if we can't get together to rehearse then we can't get together to shoot and it just became this big conundrum of like um, I work at Walgreens and my schedule was never set. So it's like, okay, I'm off on Tuesday. You guys available on Tuesday? And then, like, no, maybe <laughs> two out of four are available on yeah. Tuesday. So it's yeah. like, fuck, Tuesday's out. Yeah. When's my next day off? Not until the following Wednesday. Okay. Well, that sucks. That's six days that I have to now wait. Are you guys free on Wednesday? No one's free on Wednesday. Okay. Well, that day's out. So it just kind of became this problem. Yeah. But, um, what I did recently was I, I talked to my manager and she gave me uh Wednesdays off. So Wednesdays have become true masterpiece Wednesdays. We're gonna shoot every Wednesday until we're done.
0: Yeah, you, you make it work. Yeah. I mean any of that stuff, I mean on a personal level, I do know what you're talking about. It what you're sucks. going through. It's it's painful. Uh it can be frustrating. Um I found in my older age though I'm a bit more zen about it. Like 15 years ago, I was like, oh my God, we're never going to get anything done. And now I'm like... (laughs) I'm if it past, happens, it happens. I'm past all that now. So I'm like, right. yeah, we'll get together eventually. You know, we'll get this album written in a couple of years. Whatever. See, I don't the care, thing is, know? like, you know, I made a
2: promise date for the Kickstarter. And well, it's like, so you got yeah. well
0: now. You've made, you made, yeah, you. I you
2: have can't. to get kick it in a high gear. And there's,
0: I mean, there's not a thing wrong with putting some pressure on yourself. I, mean, I kind of find that I work yourself a deadline, you under, deadline, you know what under mean?
2: pressure for some reason. Oh, well, we all do. I think, yeah, just artistically, when you're like the goals. The goal oh, I've got six declined. months to do this, but then it's like. Now i got six weeks to do this? Okay, yeah. I'm going to do this. Well, the, and the goal, I have
0: to. Well, the goal is clearly defined. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's it's in front of you. You see, okay, this is what I need to meet. And that's why, you know, people do put deadlines on things I, I, across the board for whatever it may I, be. I thought There's nothing I, wrong with that.
2: I, I thought I'd have more done now than I do. But it was the whole, like, my camera guy got sick for a while, so I couldn't shoot with him. And that that sucked, so I had to, you know, we're we're, we're making it work. And uh, so now every Wednesday, because I, I based that off of the Wednesday, every Wednesday off thing, because I've been working the guy who I'm shooting psycho ape with, we've been getting together every Thursday. So for the last couple years, I've had every Thursday, I used to work for him. I was his assistant because he, he made a movie and I was his assistant and I would, you know, run his Twitter and social media and yeah. take in orders for his movie and send his DVDs out in the mail and stuff. And he'd pay me fairly well, but, uh, I, th- that kind of dried up, but we still have remained friends. Like he was my boss first and yeah. Friends second, but now we're just filmmaking friends, making psycho Wape together. Yeah. Because, uh, Thursdays of working for him has now become Thursdays of work of us working. And we've been working on psycho Wape every Thursday since March. We, I've had the idea for that film for about two years now. Yeah. Again, um, that was a movie that me and Jonathan were supposed to make. He had the gorilla costume. Uh, we wrote the premise for it over some beers at a bar two years ago, and we thought it'd be really funny. But we just never got around to making it, and then he passed away, and I was like, man, we're never gonna, like, Psycho, again, psycho is never gonna exist the same way that your Masterpiece Episode 2 is never gonna exist. Um, but I retrieved his gorilla costume from his parents' house after he passed away, and it was sitting in my closet for a couple of months, and then Greg, who I'm making Psycho-Ape with, um, his wife passed away in January. So we both were grieving. Jeez, man. We were depressed. Yeah. We didn't know what the hell we were going to be doing, like our our projects and our lives. How'd you meet Greg, by the way? Um, He made a movie called Hectic Knife and it's being, it's distributed by Troma. It's on Blu-ray right now. Okay. Through them. But he had a screening in Detroit about three years ago and I didn't know him. I just went to the screening on a whim because, oh, a, a, a Troma movie, you know, premiering in Detroit, like I got to go. Mm -hmm. so i met him at the show and afterwards i talked to him he said that he needed an assistant like an assistant editor someone to like help him you know make movies because um his wife was a paraplegic she had a uh, a blood clot in her brain and it it was this whole awful thing where uh, You're they, not a they fucking
0: bummer Addison. They <laughs> like, they, they, they,
2: oper- they operated on her spine in <laughs> yeah. in order to get the blood clot out. Yeah. They risked like paralyzing her from the neck down. It's terrible. They basically that this, that was how me. she was living. Oh no. And she he had to take care of her. He had nurses around the clock that took care of her too. but when the nurses weren't there, he had to take care of her. So he needed help, you know, um maintaining his social media and he needed help distributing his movie and stuff before Troma put it out officially on Blu-ray. So he and I were like a a tag team of making hectic knife kind of happen. Um, But then his wife just got sicker and sicker and sicker until she passed away. And he's, you know, he was obviously bumming out hardcore. I was bumming out hardcore. One of my best friends of 20 years just passed his wife of six years just passed so we're just seeing this future of just like you know our lives are totally like fucked right now. Yeah. What we need life we need a life preserve. We need some sort of life raft
0: to maintain ourselves otherwise we're just going to get depressed and just do nothing. Do nothing. I was going to say I mean I mean there's you know a lot of people passing away around you. Right? Yeah. In, you know in your universe. It was and, miserable.
2: Like, yeah, we were, it, it, it was very dark times about, like for me, especially about a year ago. But
0: to me, you know, I mean, the one good thing would be it would be really good inspiration. To
2: well, work. it was because eventually um, I was basically like, well, I don't think I'm doing masterpiece because I'm not ready to really move on yet. You know, like Jonathan's yeah. gone. and He was corny. He was corny, man. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing another one. But so in, like, January, I reached out to Greg after his wife had passed. I was basically like, listen, man, do you just want to make Psycho Wape with me? And we'll just figure it out from there. Yeah. You yeah. have experience. You you made a movie. You know what you're doing. You're a good editor. This is my idea for this film. We can just write it together and we can just do it together. And he latched on like a motherfucker. And we've been rolling ever since. Good. Uh, we've been shooting, yeah, every Thursday. And writing every Thursday. Because we kind of shoot and write and shoot and write. We had a basic outline that we shot scenes from. But it wasn't really until he started cutting the film together that we kind of saw what we had. And yeah. sort of wrote the narrative. He wrote the narrative through the editing. And then we're, now we're in like the patch phase where we know what we have. And we're like building on it to make those scenes bigger and better. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's an hour long right now. But we want it to be 75. And then we're going to... Call it quits.
1: Now you you brought up Greg and how he made Hectic Knife. You also got to work with Bill Whedon, who Right. He was the main bad guy in Sergeant Kabuki Man. Yeah.
2: Bill Whedon is uh he, he's a trauma alumni. Um he's in the movie Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD yeah. as the main villain of the film. I met him earlier this summer, actually it was like May, I think, because I was invited to New York to uh, go to a screening, it was a double feature screening put on by a friend of mine named Adrian, who, he screened Kabuki Man and True masterpiece, back to back. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, courtesy of him, I went out to New York, you know, got shacked up in a hotel room with Mr. Bill Whedon, and we hit it off. He, um, you know, he's he's been in like 80 movies, he's been working since the 60s. He's been in, like, he's on extra work on, like, Batman Forever and stuff like oh, that. Cool. It's pretty cool. But his his heart is in, like, theater, like, on stage work and, like, low budget, like, independent films. He loves this shit. Yeah. But I met him at that screening. I'd never met him before. And we hit it off. He liked her masterpiece, thought it was really funny. But what made me laugh was he kept having to leave the screening because he couldn't handle the Battle of Love's Return, even with our jokes, he had to keep leaving every like half hour cuz he just couldn't he couldn't do it. And I don't blame him either. Many people have told me that they could only watch The Masterpiece in half an hour chunks, not because they don't think our riffing is funny, but because The Battle of Love's Return is murder. It's just that bad. It's yeah, I don't kill you, man. Like it's a bad fucking movie.
1: Uh, the and infamous uh psychiatrist scene. Yeah,
2: there's a there's a scene in the film that lasts for like 7 minutes. It's one shot of a psychiatrist being interviewed at his desk. It's in black and white. Soft focus you know and lloyd is off camera answering or asking him questions about being a psychiatrist it's the most boring scene in the whole movie and that's saying a lot <laughs> but uh like bill i think left the theater paced around the lobby maybe yeah. talked to some people and came back in the theater and i could hear him like this is still going <laughs> oh <laughs> um my god but uh yeah so we shared a hotel room in new york and After the screening, he was like, you know, your masterpiece was funny. You did a good job and all this stuff. You know, what else are you working on? So I mentioned Psycho Ape and I said that, well, you know, this was like May. We plan to come back in like two weeks to film, you know, in Times Square for Psycho Ape. And I told him all about Psycho Ape and he's like, I want in on that. So we thought that it would be uh, maybe like a cameo or something, but he ended up being one of the lead actors like we shot with him, oh, all right we, we shot so much footage with him that he's become one of the leads he plays a character in the movie his name is dr zoomis and it's supposed to be a play on dr loomis from halloween mm-hmm. he plays the sort of psychiatrist zookeeper character that tracks down the psycho wave that's escaped from the detroit zoo
1: <laughs> and then uh, you're also working with kansas bowling who was the director of BC Butcher, which is also a trauma well, picked yeah. up by trauma. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. she is also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, she um got a she has a, a role as one of the Manson follower girls. It, she's part of the group when they go to Spawn Ranch. You can kind of see her in the background. Um Okay. Yeah, she's one of the one of the, you know, dozen uh girls that are there at Spawn Ranch during that scene. Uh, but she she does make her own music videos. She's made her own film called BC Butcher. She made that when she was 18 years old, and she's, I think, 22 now. Uh, the movie got released by Troma on Blu-ray a couple years ago. Um, I became familiar with her because um, I riffed her movie, BC Butcher, for movies to watch in a rainy afternoon, and she liked the riff of it, and she shared it on social media and stuff. So we've been kind of cool ever since, like two years ago. And I hit her up recently, like, hey, do you want to do a cameo in Psycho Wave? Like, can we make this work? And she found out that I was making it with Greg. She's a huge fan of Hectic knives, so of course she said yes. <laughs> so we we went to New York, Greg, myself, and my roommate Steven, who was playing the Psychowave, because Steven was supposed to play the Dr. Zumas character, and Jonathan was going to be the ape. So Steven became the ape. Just out of necessity because we needed an ape. So it's like, okay, you've been basically promoted from. I mean, you can. promoted, demoted, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a promotion to go from, like, the evil, villainous zookeeper. Now you're the fucking ape. You're never seen in the movie, dude. <laughs> it's, it's not glorious being in that gorilla costume. I can tell you that because I've been in the gorilla costume before. Yeah. That thing gets hot and gross. And he's spent six months in that thing. Oh, my God. Every Thursday for six months in that thing. Oh, my Uh, God. That thing's ripped. It ripped on day two of filming. He sat down and the crotch ripped. When it says one size fits all, that's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we've been dealing with a crotch ripped ape costume basically since April. But we make do because he wears black long long johns underneath the costume. So it blends in. So, so yeah, it blends in. All you see is just like black. You know, he's got the fur on the costume and then just black furry legs. Yeah. So yeah, it it doesn't really matter. Plus, it's not a serious movie anyway. When the, when he turns around, you can see the uh, strings on the back of the costume. You know, we have to we have to tie them up like shoelaces. You know, to get him oh in my the god, costume. Oh my god! So you see that? So you see that shit? Uh, sometimes they come undone because we didn't tie them, tie them tight enough. Yeah. Or we just plain forgot to tie them. So you see them dangling there, and you see his like yellow T-shirt underneath. Um. Or like in wide shots. He's not wearing the plastic monkey feet that's supposed to be over his shoes, so you see his sneakers when he's running around. <laughs> this this is that kind of movie, and okay. it's funny
1: because you'll have two people. You'll have the people that are like, "Oh, they did this on purpose. It's funny." Yeah, and then you'll have the other people like, "Are you serious? Like, you had no budget. This looks like crap." You know,
2: I I'd be hard pressed to think that anyone thought that we'd be making a serious movie just because of how ridiculous you, it is. I you mean, never know. Twenty there's twenty kills in the first eighteen minutes. And most of them are people like getting their throat slit by a banana or getting
0: their legs cut off by a banana. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to. You, I think you have to have a, a, a certain gauge. Yeah. Like if, if, if I, I saw that, I'd be like, okay, this is not. This is stupid. This is just. Well, I wouldn't call it stupid. But it's, saying, well, this, no, it this, is stupid. It's, it's silly. Just, it's not. It's not a serious. These. There. This is a. It's. It's. It's crazy. It's. It's insane. It's. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of names for it.
2: It's a really silly, over the top like dumb movie, but we, it's, it's all on purpose. Yeah. Every error in the movie is on purpose. Like there are some unintentional errors. Like maybe when he whip panned the camera or something, like maybe I was in the shot in the corner when I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> and that's the take where it's like, use that take. Yeah. Or if the camera, you know, he aimed too low. And cause Greg is, he's the cinematographer as well. We're shooting on his mini DVX, uh, Tape camcorder, yeah, and uh so he's a cinematographer. He wrote it with me. He's editing it, but sometimes he'll have the camera like too low, and it catches the the tip tops of his shoes or something. <laughs> and like the ape is on the ground, like yeah. being like wrestling people or being wrestled by a dog. Yeah, um you'll see the tip of his shoes, and again, it's like use that take, put that all in there, because like you know when you watch Plan Nine from Outer Space, there's scenes where the characters knock over tombstones and. You know he just chose not to do a take-two because he, he's just like, oh, no one's going to notice. Um, But he was trying to make a serious movie. Yeah. On the opposite. It's – you knock over the tombstone and you see the sneakers, use it. Yeah, Because it's, it. Funny. it's funny. Because it's
0: funny. Yeah. People, people will get those just those more subtle type thing. It's subtle. You yeah. Know I mean? You have and the freeze frame. Well, you know, and, and there's something to be said about that idea, too, because, I mean – you know there's there's you know we we were talking about you know Ari Oster and Hereditary mm-hmm. and midsummer or midsummer or whatever however I, I always but, just say midsummer, mid-summer cuz I don't want to feel pretentious, pretentious by saying Midsommar. Cuz I've heard like MidSomar. It's like yeah, I'm not Swedish, so I'm not going to say it that way. Another hipster calling there anyways. So like um there you know that's what I love about Ari's films is that there's just so much depth in them. And I mean, I'm still finding little things here and there that yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm it that. for a
2: fourth time because of all the Easter eggs people have been talking about." Well,
0: yeah, but I mean, that's similar to what you're talking about with Psycho Ape, though, because well, look those those things with the tennis shoes and stuff like that. Some of that's pretty obvious; you don't have to freeze oh, frame. Well, over I have it. There's, there's
2: a chase scene where it's clear as day you see his tennis shoes.
0: Well, okay, maybe that's one, but there may yeah, be a yeah. handful of things that may just maybe just be there in well, plain the sight.
2: Stu- the stuff like. When it's a whip pan, and you can see me standing next to a tree when I'm not supposed to be, when I'm not supposed to be there, yeah, yeah. that's a definite freeze frame. You got to find it. Yeah. Or if during the wrestling on the ground, the ape is fighting a dog and the dog is like chewing on his arm or something, yeah, freeze frame it, and you'll see the tip of the cameraman's shoes. I know that that stuff is there, but yeah, some people, to the naked eye, they might not necessarily. No, and I, that,
0: but that makes it interesting though, too. Right. I, I think that's super. cool.
2: I, I purposefully. Tell Greg, like, use the shots with the errors in it because it's funnier.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's great. Uh, well, and you guys, you, you said that you're still working on it. Do you guys have any idea when it's going to come out?
2: Um, Well, Projected? We, we're we taking this Thursday off because we're going to go see the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next Thursday, we p- pick it up. We're going to, we have about maybe three scenes, like official scenes left to shoot and then we're going to just continue editing the film um and if there's anything left any other patchwork that we need we'll get those shots it's coming down to the end though i yeah, mean basically yeah. i'm i'm assuming the last couple of shots that we'll ever film of this movie is like a shot of the ape's hand grabbing a banana from a counter or something or something something stupid that we missed some small yeah. some small insert shot or maybe like a close up of someone like screaming like a reaction shot just small shots but as for scenes, we probably have three more, and then we're done. We're gonna yeah. be done, but then we have to flip it over to you know, uh, someone to write the score. We gotta get sound effects. We gotta. We have a guy named Jason Ewart who is our post production sort of guru, who's yeah. really good with green screen and um, adding in like touch up special effects and stuff like that. And yeah. he seems really excited. He's been cutting our tra- our teaser trailers for us, and they're amazing. Like they're they're it it inspires us because we'll just give him the raw footage and he'll flip them into like amazing teasers. And then we're just kind of like, oh shit. Now we have to live up to those teasers. Yeah,
0: we have to, these teasers look really good. We yeah. So there. now
2: we have something to live up to. And but, he's really modest. And he will be like, oh no, it's because of what you sent me. And it's like, no way, dude. Like, yeah, well, we sent you may have been funny looking, you know, like someone getting the arm cut off
0: with a banana. But then, what you did with it with the trailers are awesome. You mentioned Kevin Smith a minute ago. That's on my list of stuff to watch. I've seen it a couple of times, and I'm no less disturbed every time I've seen it. As, as Tusk, oh my god! Yeah, dude. it's talking about a movie that's completely. I think. I think that movie may have. I know Kevin was trying to make that into more of a comedy, more and more funny. And I didn't it, like the comedy in that movie. I it didn't. Well, it totally flew over my head. Honestly, I yeah. it took me a couple of views.
2: I would have liked it better if he just made a serious horror film. Yeah. I think he could have done it.
0: He, yeah, he could but, have removed all the bullshit from that, and it would have been a serious horror film.
2: I think that's what he should have done. I think totally it didn't work the way that I think he wanted His to. His vision
0: was to make it very, it was going to be, I mean, so yeah. ridiculous that it was, you know, that it was funny. You yeah. Know what I mean. Uh
2: and I'm 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 half and half on that well, one. The movie, I'm, I'm pretty I'm lukewarm so about it. I tusk. had to go
0: back to it and watch it again and I watched it again. And I you know, there's those scenes of them running through the woods. Yeah. And you got like that slapstick goofy, like, you know, music behind kind of like Benny Hill type thing going on behind yeah. them as they're running through the woods, and it's like but I didn't get that when I because I was so disturbed by what I just saw for the last forty, forty minutes yeah. or whatever of this guy literally mutilating somebody. Uh, into what well, whatever I don't want to spoil it for somebody who hasn't seen it, but well, um, you know it's it pretty obvious what the movie is. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I, I that comedy me, just didn't work. No, the, I thought the
2: the the Kevin Smith comedy early on in the movie didn't fit the horror stuff that came later, and I thought that like is that Justin Long who was in that. Yeah, you Justin Long, know? like Justin Long, that's funny. He's hilarious. Antarctic actor, yeah. But I just the comedy in the beginning of the movie didn't quite work for me, and I would have just. Just be a horror film straight all the way through, because the horror stuff I think was more effective than the comedy stuff.
0: Well, then he had to write the backstory in there with the, you know, with the, the his girlfriend and, the, right. and his po- partner on the podcast and all that.
2: To there me, was all it's that the last like half hour here. of that movie that I think is like the gold in the movie. Oh, well,
0: it's insane! Yeah, um, that, but that's what kind of flew over my head though. Too go ahead. Well, I say?
2: just when tu- the song Tusk, you know, kicks on by Fleetwood <clears> Mac. <throat> yeah, and there's a big walrus brawl. That's when I was clapping in the movie theater and like the three people sitting behind me were watching it like stone cold. And I was just kinda looking at them like Are you not enjoying this part? This is the best fucking part. Yeah, this is this is nuts. This is the grand finale. This is this is what we've been waiting
0: for. And you guys have no reaction to this. I like the movie. I I actually do enjoy the movie. Um, and I like the fact that it's—it was a real selfish act on Kevin's part. Yeah, I mean, it was—you know—we we know it was born from his podcast, well, basically, yeah. and he just did whatever the hell he wanted. I think I admire the idea of it more than the movie itself. Well, yeah, I watched the bonus stuff on, you know. I, whatever I, the DVD I had, and yeah, yeah. he talks about it. he's like he's like I just wanted to see what it looked like. I just had this crazy idea, and I just wanted I to see mean, what I, this thing was going to look like. I man. can totally relate. I love that idea. Yeah, I love
2: that too. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Like, what is Psycho Wave? It's a a dream that I had two years ago. Where I was filming Jonathan in his gorilla costume running around with a butcher knife stabbing people. like That was my dream. Yeah, yeah. So then I woke up and I was like, I want to make that movie, Psycho Ape. I mean, yeah. We replaced the the giant butcher knife with a banana, but um, it's still more or less the same concept. Just a killer gorilla, you know, causing mayhem and stabbing people with bananas.
0: All right, finish off here. Halloween recommendations as far as films are concerned. I want to throw some of those out there for people. It is the season here. Uh, anybody got anything off the top of their head they want to throw out there?
2: I personally always binge watch the Universal monster movie classics, the black and whites. Yeah, that's my. Uh, it's always a good. That's, that's a good my drug back. of choice for yeah, October. Good, good fallback. Uh, all the Frankenstein's, Dracula's, Wolfman, Mummies, Creature in the Black Lagoon. Yeah, that's my that's my month of October.
1: Red. I don't know. It's hard to go wrong with friday the 13th i mean i always try to watch those yeah you guys were talking about time. that last time you were here Yep, those are my you and fugate those those really got me into the horror scene so oh excellent um I, i'd have to think about like an underrated movie i
0: mean prince of darkness is always my drug of choice for for halloween i know it's not Which Miss, one prince of darkness john Carpenter. oh yeah that's a good one too. Second film in john carpenter's uh apocalypse trilogy mm-hmm. uh it's my Personally, my favorite horror film. Honestly, you know, above all, I don't know why. It was a movie that just absolutely disturbed the shit out of me when I was a kid. I don't know why. It's Something that bothered me. And, it's a, it's definitely a weird, creepy one. Well, it's the dream sequences. Yeah. It's if you remember the movie, they have everybody who's in the church. They all have the same dream, mm-hmm. and that dream sequence. The graininess of the film, the graininess of the voices, and then what you see as the camera pans around. It just the whole thing, the way it was presented and put together, just really put the hook in me, and I have never turned back from that movie. It's always my mainstay. When someone wants to say, talk about horror films, like, have you seen Prince of Darkness? And a lot, it's, it was like- It's very really underrated. Yeah, it was one of his, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of his the sleeper, it was totally yeah. one of Carpenter's sleeper films. And yeah, you know, I could see, because, you know-
2: There's something about John Carpenter's movies where it's like, he'll make one that like tanks, but everyone fucking loves it. Yeah. And then he'll make one that's like super successful- like financially, yeah, but it's not like a huge one with fans, yeah. But then he'll make another one that fucking tanks, and then yeah. it turns into this cult thing. Yeah, and and it's really
0: weird. That's what Prince of Darkness is. I know Shout Factory. I bought it. It's they just did a I steel, have not upgraded my DVD. Yeah, yet. they they have they just did a steel book, the Blu-ray steel steel book of I'm that. I'm sure. So yeah, that's one to pick up. I didn't. I I didn't sleep on that. I got my copy, and it it looks good. It actually has. There was the guy. He's got a. I forgot what TV show. This guy it's got a, a bonus piece on there of this guy who's a massive fan of the film and he had some travel channel show. I forgot I had to look at it. Did he go to the church? He or actually something? went to the he went to the place that they filmed it at and walked around there. Just
2: recently uh they had a Prince of Darkness screening
0: at that church. That's what I heard about that. Yeah. No, that and that was recently because I heard about it. And yeah, it like, yeah. just happened. I like, wouldn't mind flying last out week there. Or I wouldn't something. mind flying out there for something like that. But it's yeah. like, how do I justify flying all the way out there and doing? All I don't like, even know like, where they filmed that. I'm
2: California, probably. It was California? Yeah, I would yeah. assume so.
0: I mean, that movie to me just you know every Halloween. I'm surprised the church is still standing. It's not a church anymore. Okay. It's actually a theater. All right, it that was a church. Sense. That makes that makes sense. It was. Yeah.
2: It, it, it's a theater now. Yeah. Um, so the building is still there, but it's not a.
0: church. Yeah, they've converted it over to a theater, that and that's, that's that's, that's what the guy talked about. He kind of they he kind of went around the, all the earmark spots. You know, like the back of the building where they, it's caca. You know all that. You know <sighs> that guy. Um, you know, that whole thing. So, but that movie to me is just, that's, I mean, the Hellraiser, I mean, all the Hellraisers, even sure. all the way to now on the Fuck, fuck Revelations, part nine was really bad.
2: I have not seen, bad. I think, past four, the one where they're in space. That was four. That's bloodless. I haven't and, seen any, you know, past and that's that. one of
0: those ones like those for, I, I love the first four. Uh, The fourth one got a, re- it, it got chopped to pieces. I've heard reason. about that. Because, yeah, it was an hour 20 in the theater, mm-hmm. and we went there to see it because we were Hellra- huge Hellraiser fans. I remember when it came out, and like we're like, it's, it's over? That was like an hour 20. Well, yeah, it seemed like the 90s was like, it was big for that kind
2: of shit, where like that, a good example, Halloween 6, you know? Yeah, I got chopped to pieces. It's still not a... It's Even the producer's cut that they've re-released since yeah. then, still not great. It's more cohesive as a film, but yeah, it still doesn't
0: make any sense. There's a version of... The whole of, Thorn thing, I yeah. think, is the worst thing that could ever have
2: possibly been introduced into that series.
0: There's a version of Bloodline that was given to me by a friend, uh, a, a movie nerd, a friend of mine, who... I don't know who made it. If it's, I don't think it's even an official release. Probably not. But they found that there's a ton of there's a ton of shots they did ton of scenes they shot oh, for that, sure. that, that of course as i said whether it was probably
2: cut for you know length reasons yeah.
0: or the mpaa just had their way with it well they they actually took this i have it upstairs it's a dvd that was given to me and they took all the the scenes that they got that were cut, chopped, it, or cut them back in, and it looks kind of hilarious because you got the actual proper film going. And, the and none of the and none of these were you know ever properly produced. They weren't sequenced properly. Yeah. So, but they, that's part of the story, and it does kind of change the storyline up a little bit, not too much, but enough to like, oh wow, that makes it different. So I, I, I have a copy of that, and you know, Inferno, which was part five, to me is a great dramatic thriller. I mean, it's a horror movie. But it really is more of a, you know it's a crime drama type thing uh they introduce some new characters into the franchise too that get kind of pop around throughout the rest of them okay. hell seeker debtor uh hell world those are i mean they're all yeah, they're never, not they're not never the glory they're not the glory of what. You know, the thing was, I just because I'm a nerd for this crap, I love Hellraiser. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Revelations is the the newest one where I'm truly like, no, dude, this is not that good, man. This is ridiculous. Well, I
2: think, isn't, like, the guy who used to play Pinhead, they don't even invite him back Doug, anymore. Doug Bradley. Yeah, they don't even invite no, him back. No, they don't.
0: It's ridiculous, because he made that character.
2: I think it's just, they're so cheap now that they don't want to pay that guy what he's asking. Doug about. Bradley won't cost
0: that much. Holy crap. I know what you're saying, though. I no,
2: mean, no. I mean, no matter... It doesn't matter like, what he's asking. They're just going to be like, no. No. This guy wants 10 bucks, you know? Well, this
0: guy will do it just to say he was in a Hellraiser movie. Yeah, this He's guy, doing it more for bragging rights than anything. Yeah.
2: Right? They don't want to cough up the dough. No, it's... For a
0: direct-to-DVD Hellraiser movie. And that's the last... Literally since five on have been directed, you know they've yeah been they've direct, all been directed DVD, direct directed for... video, whatever you want to call it, and they never invite the original guy. Back. But they're great, yeah. Doug Bradley, he's, I, I love that guy. I got to meet him a couple of times. Super cool. It's guy, really and I love the character. weird.
2: I think the state of horror right now, where like like big franchises like that only do like directed DVD, like even like Chucky. You know, besides the remake, he's reduced to direct to DVD. Or like the Leprechaun movies, they recast the guy, and he's like direct to the Sci-Fi Channel now. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: it, it's it is weird because why, why aren't
2: these franchises? You know, like obviously there's enough interest to make sequels.
0: Yeah, but why why direct a DVD? No one's gonna see it. Who cares? Well, yeah, and I mean, like you already said, they're they're. These are iconic franchises. people do love them
1: right. And Not, why aren't they
2: getting theatrical releases? Like it's really weird even for
0: that. even if it's even if it's an ironic love, you know it's that yeah. you know it's just like <laughs> this is so bad I gotta like, I'll love watch it, you Chucky
2: know? movies till the end, but I mean I can't say that the last couple have been any good. But uh, if they were screened theatrically, like, it, you know. See, I'm burned out on the slasher stuff. Yeah. I really
0: am. I know you love Friday the... Which I do, too. Slashers yeah. are my... I'm those are my burned, go-to. I'm so burned out. I'm so burned out with that. I, I really need something, you know... I, I'm thirsting for anything original. I, I, I get I get the slasher thing, and I, you know what? I want to see people keep making them and keeping that, keeping that genre alive in horror. Because I, you know, it comes from a really cool place. I think it's well, important. Well, not my thing though.
1: Last year they just released Hellfest.
2: Yeah, I thought Hellfest was kind of a unique, different kind of slasher movie. The whole thing takes place inside of a like a haunted maze amusement park, where the killer is stalking a group of teenagers inside of like a carnival, and they're inside of different. Like carnival attractions, and the killer is killing them as they like, go on. Okay,
1: it was cool. It was unique. But and, it, it, uh, was, it was cool because the cops they they didn't want to arrest the guy because like you you wanted me to arrest this masked guy who's doing his job. I don't think so. And they just didn't he, he take could, him he seriously. He could blend
2: in to the with employees because everyone's dressed up, you know, as like they're in a Halloween costumes. Yeah, So you yeah. didn't know this guy was a. You didn't know he was a killer. He you, you could have just been one of the employees there. Um, Because I think, actually, he stole an employee's outfit because he's wearing this mask and he just looks like any other employee
0: yeah, wearing costume. Yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, that one was kind of cool. But uh, I did not like the Halloween reboot. I couldn't stand it. I thought I it was a slap it. in the face. Couldn't stand it. I, I mean, thought it was... that shit that
0: Rob Zombie did, too, was a slap in the face, too. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't I couldn't stand it.
2: I'm not a big fan of Rob Zombie's first Halloween because... St- it's just a truncated version of Carpenter's version, yeah, yeah, but like white trash and like not not so great. I like his visuals in that movie. like I think whoever the cinematography guy was for that one. I thought he did a good job. Um, I like how violent it is. I like how like crazy it is. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I still watch it every year. Yeah. I like his Halloween too because he just did not give a fuck about what anyone else wanted. And he just did his own thing, and it was yeah. insanely violent.
0: That's the one with the backstory, though, too, isn't its is it? No, that's know, the first one. Is it the first one? So that drove me nuts. Yeah, the it backstory. It just drove me nuts, and I... I, Well, yeah. go ahead. We're,
2: well, I, for me, Halloween 2 does not have very many fans, but I will back it because I think it's one of the most insanely brutal, hard R-rated uh, slasher films I'd ever seen in a the movie theater. I mean, there's that scene in the beginning when he stabs the nurse like 36 times or something Jesus like that. Jesus Christ. It's just insane, and I like that. You know?
1: Well, yeah, the, the new Halloween's funny because you have the original Halloween, and the one that just came out is now the sequel to it. So, Halloween is the sequel to Halloween. <laughs> it's
2: stupid, but they did. They just ignored every other sequel that came out, and it's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to make a direct sequel to number one, ignore part two, even though, like, who cares if they're related? Like, now you just make it dumber yeah. it, that they're not related, because now it's just, why is Michael Myers stalking Jamie Lee Curtis when they're not <laughs> related? Like... It's yeah. way dumber now. Yeah. He has no intent. Like, why is he drawn to this person? They didn't answer it in the new one. No. So it was a complete null and void. And it was just an exercise in,
0: like. Well, I just you, it just carried, it just it's just dragging a franchise along to me.
2: They wanted to, you know. I get it. Like, it was... people flipped their shit over that movie, you know? Like, everyone was raving about it. And we saw it open day, and I was like, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: I, I got one more movie recommendation. All right. Phantasm. Oh, dude, just saw it yesterday Phantasm for the first two, time. I, oh, really? <laughs> You've never yep. seen Phantasm? No, no, I like Phantasm
0: two a lot better. Phantasm one was kind of, you know, you mentioned boring. It wasn't boring, but there were some slow one? parts. There were the first Phantasm.
1: I haven't seen it in a while, but I didn't
0: there's like a whole it. scene with a guy playing acoustic guitar. I was like, what was the point of that? Like, they oh, like playing he's a playing,
1: playing a the electric guitar, or, and then is, is some it, other guy it, just comes over playing the uh, yeah, they're jamming the acoustic. Whatever, just I'm like, a lot
2: of horror movies in the '70s did that shit. Well, they or, just well, they have
0: these yeah they just have these pointless scenes like, and I, I guess the idea would be to like you know well, we want to kind of get you to know this character and have mm-hmm. some sympathy before he gets his head ripped off by something you know like, right you
2: you hang out with the character that way doing yeah. hanging out with him while he's doing what he loves because I mean it's, like it's even like in
0: uh, two is good though yeah sorry I
2: mean, it, well it's just, it's just in a bunch of horror movies like that in the seventies yeah. people just kind of hanging out and they just stick that in there
0: you know yeah well again I think it's just to like give them some humanity. You know, I think that one of the falls, and maybe this is my, my age, and I, I don't have the stomach I used to have for this kind of stuff. Um, I've, I've actually read this before with films that have been banned and whatnot. And yeah. one of the things they say, they're like, look, this is not art. All this is is basically the subjects in this film that are humans are basically just used as pieces of meat to be destroyed. And they're they're like, that's just too much, right? Um do I agree with that? Eh, not really. I think people no. should be able to do what they want to do. However, I couldn't watch that. I just can't deal with that. I, I want to get to know characters. I don't want them to just be right. Like that's you know Alien Covenant. Not to go off in that direction, but you know, I liked the film. Oh, but those characters. I did not like. That well, they, really. those characters. Though, none of those characters had any personality to me. They, they. they it's they, t- they were like, meat. They were just meat for that. They were. Meat I couldn't believe
2: meat. they made Danny McBride forgettable. <laughs>
0: You know? Yeah, no, wait well, yeah, really like, Tennessee. I think you it was have Tennessee. Te- you right? have yeah.
2: Danny McBride in your in your alien movie. Yeah. Does he do anything interesting?
0: Fuck no. No, I mean and I think all those characters, it's the same idea. They you know, it, while it was done, I mean it's a well-made movie at least. Um It looks good. It looks really good, yeah.
2: I hated it. <laughs> no, and they, a lot of people do.
0: But I mean they were uh, basically I like Prometheus. Yeah, that was a lot better.
2: I wanted Prometheus 2... Not Alien Seven, you know. Yeah, well, they had, but those characters and I were feel all like, just meat. They were just yeah. meat
0: in that movie. They 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 had no. You didn't. I didn't feel bad about anything. Anybody dying in that movie. Right. I'm like, you know, whatever. I didn't even. They I all remember, looked. They like, were interchangeable too. They all looked.
2: The I just remember same. sitting in the movie theater and like, Michael Fassbender is like playing a flute to Michael Fassbender.
0: That was tripping me, and he's playing the theme yeah. of the movie, which well,
2: I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Ridley. What are you doing? man? This is embarrassing. Im- Embarrassing. No, I agree Get with that. Get rid of this shit.
0: I mean, no, I mean he could have played the flute, but he had not to, to play, himself
2: but, and the theme of the movie. And the, the theme movie. of the
0: movie. I'm like, why did you do? That?
2: This is so dumb. There's a
0: million little ditties you could have put out there. You got the money to pay for
2: them. Yeah, the music that we just heard in the opening credits is now what he's going to play in the. Like, there's there's breaking the fourth wall, and then they're just being dumb. Yeah, and
0: that that was That's those just... were the things that were kind of unforgivable to me. I didn't like yeah. that, but I mean. Like, that was my point, though, was just that. Like, they were just pieces of meat. And they had no personality to me whatsoever. You know,
2: we've had however many alien movies before that, and they were always like guys in costumes, and the alien in that fucking movie was was completely CGI. CGI, Fuck that shit, man.
0: No, I that's what it. made that's what made the original one so terrifying is it was a real person. It was in that it,
2: suit. It, it was a rubber suit for sure. Yeah, and maybe that wouldn't fly in 2017, but I don't give a shit, dude. Dude, it would
0: fly. There's a million people that yeah. would love to it's, see something like yeah. that.
2: You got to shoot it right. You got to light it right. You got to get the angles right. Well, that
0: takes time. It that, takes. Yeah, you got to You got to work with that. Where why not just have somebody animate it really quick and we can have this thing done and fit. We put a green screen up and so have it done in 15 shady.
2: minutes. Yeah, it's so. Dumb. I, I get.
0: I get why the CGI thing is so you know it's such a it's such a popular thing now cuz yeah it, it makes you way more efficient well in yeah they movies. can they
2: can fast track the movie maybe a little bit rather than yeah the costume stuff you no know, but, but there
0: are you know there there's the practical effects i mean i love the void i watched that movie over that's another like when i like I, I mean it's a newer film have yeah. you seen the void yet
2: i wasn't a big fan of oh, it oh i loved the way it looked i, I like cool. the creature effects and stuff like yeah. that but i thought it just
0: dragged it did drag but I like the way it, it dragged it too cool. much to the it point felt. where I kind of was like Ugh. It fit I mean, and I'm it, not I'm not into it. The way it just the way it looked to me, it was very soft, very analogue looking. Yeah. You know, I thought that was cool. It wasn't crisp and sharp. That was one of those
2: where it was like close but no cigar for me.
0: I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. thought it was all right. I mean, I, it's not my favorite film ever, but I like to watch that every once in a while. I like to break that out. I think it's super cool. And that's all practical effects too. I like that. I'm
2: right actually there. in the minority when it comes to a lot of like like newer horror films. Like, I mean, I'm looking for originality too, but a lot of stuff that comes out these days that are, like, that people, like, basically jizz over, I'm not into them.
0: Like Like what? Bird Box?
1: Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Horrendous. I wasn't
0: even thinking about that. I crossed that one out of my mind. Horrendous. I I, I just lost my mind. They made the biggest deal
1: out of that movie. That didn't yeah. make any sense. The scariest me. film of all time. No. Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Nothing scary
0: about that at all, dude. It was dumb. I mean, there was no tension there whatsoever. No, it was completely derivative of anything else that came before it. I just watched The Endless. I don't know if you've seen that the or what? not. The Endless. I don't know what that is. Did you ever see Resolution. No. Okay, you know what? And I shouldn't even. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can I can talk on this very briefly, but um, really, I mean, well, I don't want to spoil it though, because I really highly recommend you watch these. They're 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 more um, you know, they're more psychological horrors. Okay. There's you know, there's not really too much gore, which I'm I'm into stuff like that nowadays. That's what I was kind of saying before. Is I mean, I do dig. I hate to bring up Ari Aster again, but I always bring up Ari Aster because I yeah. like his movies because they're not incredible. Well, I mean, they're not gory films, but when they get gory, they for that have brief time. Yeah. Oh my
2: God. They can be downright shocking in their brief moments of gore. You oh, know, like we're the- talking like, you know, borderline NC-17, but it's not like the whole film is that way. The what? fucking
1: kid in Hereditary. She gets well, her head and blown and just, off.
0: Well, yeah, ripped off. I mean, that, and that, that, Right there to me, you know, I don't know what I I guess nowadays I can I like that more because, you know, you get that brief shot. Yeah um, that shocks you and disturbs you and you can't get that image out of your head. Right, it
2: resonates for a long and, time.
0: Yeah, and it freaks you out. It takes you somewhere else. Uh and I do like that approach now, I think. I think a lot of people like traditionalists, yeah, they just want a horror movie where you got you know, just stuff flying all over the place. I, mean, all I like the time. blood and that guts as much too. as
2: I like psychological thrillers and shit too, though.
0: Yeah, no, the Endless I was talking about—that's it was actually a, a film by Justin Benson and Aaron Warhead, uh, and they did a, another movie called Resolution. I just watched the Endless, uh like last week, okay, and it's a really, really interesting take like on cults and the Earth and energy hmm. and stuff like that. And it does because I watched their Resolution was an older film they made, uh, and Let's just say they're kind of in the same universe,
1: and this is newer. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, which was a real eye raiser for me. I thought that was really cool, and they're 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 good films to kind of watch together. You know, Resolution versus than the Analyst, okay. and they're like I said, they're more psychological type horrors, and, and I like those. I mean, I'm more into those now. Like, I want to, i I mean, I'm kind of into that. Well, I do. Well, I don't. I don't, but I do. I want to walk away with a film kind of being disturbed. But not on the, like, oh, my God, did you see that type of thing? Like, oh, my God, something, that idea, well, that yeah. premise
2: really done I think they pretty me. much hit the roof of what you can really show in a, yeah, like, well, in, yeah. in a horror film, like, graphically of a guy getting his head cut off, or, like, with a Serbian film, you know, ba- was, oh, babies oh, getting fucked and stuff. Like, there's really not much else you can do, man. Yeah, that, that, human that... centipede of people getting sewn together. Yeah, that was just it's not much. shocking anymore.
0: No, no, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's nothing shocking. You know, and that's where I say, okay. What got, else? Yeah. What else you have? It's time to push the envelope here, but maybe not in that direction where we have to be so extreme. Yeah. I think, you know, always going back to the reality of things and the real horror is is a real thing, which we both know it is. Um, that's where I I like seeing people go. That's where I you know I like I keep I'm sorry to mention it again, but that's why I do like you know hereditary a lot because at the end of the day. That film is a lot. There's a lot of reality in that. I mean, there's some supernatural stuff that's like, whoa, that's kind of trippy. But a lot of that's based on real things that could happen to anybody. And clearly, Midsummer uh, is it's, a film that could happen. It's the most realistic there's, thing. Yeah. There's nothing in that movie that's supernatural. There's nothing supernatural mm-hmm. in that movie.
2: It's just people committing atrocities to themselves and others. It's yep.
0: people working really hard to sustain. And it's the a people, group of people, and
2: because. Uh, they think that what they're doing is right.
0: Well, yeah, they're, they're they're totally convinced, and maybe you know it's it, yeah. that's a matter of perspective. Because I, what I love about that movie is they try to explain, like, look, this is why these people jumped off the cliff.
2: Yeah, we and, like this is our tradition.
0: And when they explained it, I'm like, well, you know, why? Who am I to sit here and judge on you? Yeah, it disturbs the shit out of me. I don't want to see someone do that. But no, okay, I don't want to see someone do that. And if I saw it, I'd be totally disturbed. But they're
2: they're desensitized because it happens well, yeah. in the community all the time.
0: But if you explain that to me and say, well, this is the reason we do this, yeah. Well oh, well, hey man, I'm only here for a couple of days. Well, apparently not. You're not gonna leave there, but yeah. let's just assume you're able to leave. Uh I'm only here for a couple of days. I'm not gonna unroot a thousand years of tradition from you people sure. because it hurts it hurts my feelings, you know. Right. It shocks me. Um, but that was my you know, what I loved about that was just like I said before, is you have this group of people that are that have persevered by living off the earth, right? So they understand the earth, they understand. All the roots, all the berries, all everything. That's dead, why you the s- dead trees, their that's, ancestors. Well, yeah, trees. that's why you see all these little things where you know he gets something blown in his face and it paralyzes him. Right? Mm-hmm. This is these are these these are things that have these people have learned over probably hundreds of years how to use these elements, you know, to to paralyze you know, you know paralyze people, <laughs> you know. But these are, I mean, and they're very, and that to me that's just like that's terrifying. Like that guy was paralyzed. He could not move his limbs. Right. He could not talk because of a natural thing. I mean, assuming that it's a natural they, they thing. They probably
2: ground it up and mixed it with other shit. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's still
0: elements of the earth, though. It's right. natural. And it's a matter of you know uh, trial and error and trying things and spending a lot of time. So that's to me, that, that was one of the more fascinating and more horrifying aspects of that film, the premise of it, yeah. which is why it disturbed the hell. I mean, he's like, okay, this is going on right now. There's no doubt in my mind. There's a group of people that that operate like this I'm sure. somewhere that we can't get to, and that's fine. Right, they're in complete secrecy. I mean, like, I'll admire you from afar.
1: It's like a, <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of weird, you know, African tribes that do weird things to us.
0: Yeah, there's there, there's tons of people on the earth that haven't been discovered. It's true. There's there's tons of tribes and groups of people that have not been discovered, and you know what? They don't want to be discovered.
1: Right. Leave so them the hell alone.
0: Like,
2: c- Somewhat in the same vein, like a couple of years ago, you know, Eli Roth did that movie, The Green Inferno. Oh, yeah. Fucking hated it. <laughs> I thought it was one of the worst pieces of shit. I was uh, so Eli excited, Eli Roth has never
0: done anything for me, though.
2: I love Cabin Fever. I You're love that,
0: that movie. That is that was a pretty heavy flick. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I but love like, that. Hostel, the first Hostel, I just didn't. I couldn't.
2: I didn't like the first Hostel very much. The Second one was
0: okay. I like the second one because you understand. You get that. You get that's one of those yeah. rare things where it's like I want to know what the deal is here. Like what? That's what the are one they doing. Like man?
2: the villains in that one are more interesting than the central like protagonist in the movie yeah and i liked that i liked sort of like rooting for the villains in that one yeah rather than like wanting to see the main characters live but um then he took this you know six year hiatus and then he comes back and it's like dude he made green inferno which is like his sort of you know, homage to Cannibal Holocaust. I'm a big fan of Cannibal Holocaust. I like the Italian splatter cannibal movies. I think they're fun. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so it's his version of that and he went out and found this indigenous tribe who had never seen a movie before. They didn't even understand like how ice cube trays worked. That's how, you know, how like tucked away they were in society. Yeah. Yeah. And he made this cannibal movie with them. And hearing all of this may- sounded like, dude, he's going to make like the next big cannibal movie. Yeah. And it was utter shit.
0: I didn't like it that much.
2: I fucking hate it. Was it. A- I was so insulted. Like, was this movie is poorly written. You shoot it in a 4K camera so it looks like, uh, like clean as a whistle like don't shoot your make it, make it gritty fucking cannibal yeah. movie in 4k you know, make,
0: it's gotta be gritty
2: drag your ass out there with a 35 or 16 millimeter camera and you shoot your movie the way they did
0: yeah you know and if there's anything i want I, i'll say about rob zombie even though i'm not a fan a big fan of his you know his what was a house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects i did like those yeah, those yeah. pretty cool but uh i, I if there's anything I will say about you know his core his movies films, look like the movies they, he's trying to make. They, they're they're gritty looking. They're yeah. dirty looking films. They're they're the huge content in a certain may be way.
2: questionable here and there. And but like, they look right. They look, they look right. They look like they would emerge from the era that he's trying to replicate. Yeah. Eli Roth, on the other hand, shot his 4K cannibal movie in 2012. And it's like, dude, get some fucking film, and I you mean, shoot that movie down there, and you make it look right.
0: I think maybe the idea with that too. I don't. I mean, I don't know. But I can only imagine, I can hear Eli Roth say, well, you know, more detail. Yeah. We want to see every little, you know. We
2: want it in, you know, yeah, crystal clear 4K. And it's like, I don't want to see it in crystal clear no, 4K. No, I like gritty. I like, I like Tr- it a little. You know, I like I, remember, it, I like it a little dirty. You know, when they made Grindhouse, Quentin Tarantino took his, like, film negatives for Death Proof. And he dragged it through the parking lot. The, that that grain is not an after effect. No. It was embedded into the movie because he dragged it on concrete. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what you do when you make a grindhouse movie. Yeah. Like, you can't take your hard drive and drag it through the concrete, man. No, you can't. Man. It, just, it, is,
0: it just is the way it is.
2: And that's why, like, I just I hated that movie so much. Plus, there was, like, CGI leopards and shit attacking people. And, Ooh. you know, a guy gets buried up to his neck and... uh is supposed to be sacrificed to these, like a, a big mound of ants, like eat his face off, but it's CGI ants. It's like, dude, just watch Jungle Holocaust. There's a scene in that movie where this guy's arm is eaten by fire ants, and it's real. You know, they really yeah. put real fire ants on this guy, and they cut to a fake arm. Yeah. But it was a fake arm covered in fire ants. This is like a real guy covered in CGI ants. Pathetic. I just was so <laughs> insulted. It's like, Dude, I know that you love *Cannibal Holocaust*, so I know. Like, well, it's clear. Well, it gets yeah. clear that I, you know, what you're trying to make, but you failed. Yeah. And ever since then, I haven't really been on the Eli Roth train. Like, I like *Death Wish*, but it's like that's not really an Eli Roth movie. No. Yet. That's a remake it's of a, a remake. former film. Yeah. Uh, like *Knock Knock* was okay. But I'd say that that's more watchable because Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, again, not really like the Eli Roth draw. If Keanu Reeves is in that, I'll watch that.
1: Ghostly talk.